And I could have had class. I could have been a contender. I could have been somebody. Ladies and gentlemen, I hope you all are doing well. Welcome to episode 23. I'm going to deviate a little bit from talking more about dialogue because I realized with the last episode when I was talking about when you read a book, you learn about the inner workings of a character, what they're thinking, what's in their head. And in a movie, you see the characters acting in a certain way and you can figure out where they're at emotionally, where they're at in their head, right? And we've talked a little bit about... Oh, I touched on it a little bit in an episode or two back, that when you're creating your character, no two people are alike. That's the reality of life. I brought to you the fact that when I wrote The Hike, I made my characters talk differently because they had a different educational background. You know, one went to college, one didn't. Another one probably dropped out of high school. That's the way I figured my antagonist, Grady. When I was writing him, I assumed that this guy didn't even graduate high school. And then Brooke had the common sense, and then Derek was the smart one with a degree, if you remember that. Well, I realized I was, I was selling you guys a little short, and there's other things that you can think about, other traits that people have that you can think about when you're creating your character. So I'd like to get into that today, because I gave you some good building blocks for dialogue. But you know what? If you don't have a fleshed out character, what the hell good is writing great dialogue for a character that's one-dimensional? So let's backtrack a little bit. I apologize. I'm not a professor. I don't have a degree in education. I'm not a teacher. I would never, ever even pretend to be a teacher. I just started this podcast to let you know what worked for me. So forgive me for jumping around. I just want to give you guys the best information. So if you're writing a, a screenplay, you will have a great foundation to build upon. I love you. So let's talk about the way people are. Our morals and our values, things we stand for, make us who we are. So when you're creating characters, dive deep. Go deeper than you imagine you should have to when you're creating a character. What do they believe in? Who are they? And I'm going to give you a list of things that you can keep in mind when you're forming your characters, when you're creating your characters, because the way they feel about things is going to dictate what they say to other characters. So the way they see the world is going to dictate how they talk, how they perceive the world, their attitude, their mindset, is all formed by what they believe, where they're from, and, of course, your life experiences, right? What you have experienced in your life up till now has obviously and definitely shaped you, formed you, makes you the person you are today. If you're born with a silver spoon in your mouth, you look at the world a little differently than if you were born into a family that barely scraped by. If you met those two people, I would bet money there would be two distinctive outlooks on life. So you can put that into your screenplay. Give that to your characters. Have they struggled in their life? Or has it been easy breezy? It makes a difference. And that goes for you and me. 
I'm a blue collar guy from the Midwest, from a middle class family, but I also come from a family that no one had gone to college. I was the first one. That's pretty cool, huh? (laughs) Honestly, my cousins, the cousins that I know about, none of them went to college. So my immediate family, my mother and her siblings and their children, who are my cousins, no one went to college. My uncles all went into the service. And believe it or not, I was going to go into the service until I got a job at Arby's. (laughs) Yes, everybody should work fast food at least once. That way you'll be a better customer and you'll treat people who work at fast food restaurants or in retail for that matter. You'll treat them better because you'll understand what the hell they're going through. And my son, he worked at McDonald's for one summer. It was great for him. He goes into a fast food restaurant. He says, please, thank you, because he knows what those people go through. Dude, I'll tell you, with this pandemic here in SoCal, we have a lot of fast food restaurants. I love fast food. I've already told you that. I'm not a snob when it comes to food. And I have my favorite fast food joints. But due to the pandemic and people not working, people just dropping out of the workforce, we have fast food restaurants here with no dining. You can't go in and order. You have to go through drive through And that equals long lines in drive throughs And with gas, five bucks a gallon, which here in SoCal, it's like four eighty. So close enough to five. And you're sitting there in drive through just your engine idling away, gas just guzzling through that engine. Oh, well, I digress. <laughs> All right, here we go. Oh, I do want to tell you that this is coming from a book that I have. It's called Character and Conflict by Mark Axelrod. And uh, I've actually started a script and I was looking through this book because I really do like this book. And I came across this list and I thought, hmm. I'm going to share this on Filmmaking A for Pussies, because this is some good, useful information. Hence the reason why you're just now getting it. Now, we're talking about your hero and your bad guy. Protagonist, antagonist. And you can also apply this to second level, the B story. You can apply this to everybody in your script. But if you get lazy and you don't want to apply it to everyone in your script, you have got to apply it to the leads. Okay? Even if you have three characters... Like the hike, we had Brooke, Derek, and Grady. Those are basically three leads. But I don't, I don't consider Grady a lead, but he has a lot of screen time. All right, here we go. Heredity. Are they male or female? How old are they? So older characters are going to be wiser. They're going to be more responsible. They're going to make more responsible decisions. Younger characters can be impulsive. They'll act without thinking about consequences. Height and weight. Are they short? Are they fat? Are they skinny? You know, uh, that makes a difference. Were they teased as a kid? Were they bullied because they were fat? Were they bullied because they were short? Color of hair, eyes, and skin. Do they have blonde hair? Do they have red hair? Are they gingers? Red hair and freckles. You know, if you're a ginger, you don't get in the sun because you have very pale skin and you will burn very quickly. And you all know that. Is someone losing hair? You know, typically males are the first ones to lose hair, right? including yours truly. But you know, females lose hair as well. And it can be more devastating for a woman. Then she's got to think about a wig. How about turning gray prematurely? In my lifetime, I've met a couple of men and women who started turning gray at a very early age. Eyes. Do you have a character who wears contacts? And the maintenance and putting them in, pulling them out. If you show their routine, that's going to be part of their routine. Do they have glasses? Always love stereotypical nerd characters, and they have those big black horn rim glasses. <laughs> those are cool. Skin. Do they tan? 
I still can't believe there are tanning booths still in business. Why? Can somebody please explain that to me? Are they wrinkly? If you're in a tanning booth, you're going to get wrinkly at a very early age. So what kind of of a mental job does that do on people? You're 40 years old and you look like you're 60 because you loved to walk around with a tan when you were 20, 25. And if you couldn't get one from the sun, you went to a tanning bed. Hell, I used to play a ton of tennis, a ton of tournament tennis when I lived in North Carolina when I was in my 20s, early 30s. I didn't wear sunscreen. And now I've had three basal cell carcinomas taken off my body so far. And I'm sure there's more to come. Besides wrinkles, uh, did they have acne? Do they have acne? Sometimes acne uh, just doesn't go away on some people. It's less than when they were teenagers, but they still get the occasional zit. If they had acne when they were young, they have acne scars. That's yours truly. Dude, I, I remember I had a big-ass zit on my nose when I was in middle school. And that bad boy just would not get ahead, and I could not pop it. So I ended up taking a needle to it and trying to pop it and squeeze it, that kind of thing, doing, doing stupid stuff. My parents didn't even know I was doing it. I wish they would have stopped me. But anyway, I took this big chunk of skin off my nose. So if you look at the hike and look at the close-ups, towards the end of my nose, I've got a little crater. And it came from me taking a pin, just tearing up flesh. And when it healed, that flesh was not there. Shit, I had acne on my back, on my chest. Man, I was just a walking zit. I went through two regimens of Accutane. Now, there are tons of side effects from Accutane, but the one that I suffer from to this day is just dry skin, overly dry skin. So especially in the wintertime, I'll get super dry, and then you just itch. You know when you have dry skin and you just itch, and there's nothing, ugh, it just drives you crazy. When Accutane came out, I was one of the recipients of that drug at a very early stage in the life of that drug. Because I remember when it was released and the dermatologist told me all about it. He said, ah, Dave, there's this new drug. You can't be on it every day, but we can put you on it for like 90 days and then you have to be off of it. But yeah, it worked. But I guess it does have tons of side effects. I digress again. I'm sorry. Other scars besides acne. You know, what happened? What happened to cause these scars? What kind of emotional damage was done by these scars? And we did touch on this one. Physical characteristics and or defects, i.e. deformities. Does anybody walk with a limp? A lazy eye? Tone deaf? Colorblind? A speech impediment? Born with a disease? Recently diagnosed with a disease? So these all have to do with appearance, right? And the thing about appearance is every single one of us has little quirks and little things about our bodies and about ourselves that we just can't stand. I don't care how perfect you are. You will find something that bugs the crap out of you and incorporate that into your characters because that makes them real. Okay, now let's talk about social characteristics. What class are they from? Social class. Are they poor? Are they rich? Did they grow up rich and now they're poor? Did they grow up poor and now they're rich? Occupation. Now we did talk about this, especially the last episode. If you're going to have a character throw out information and exposition to the audience, if you give them a job where giving information is 
part of the job, then it's so natural, it's so organic. Teacher, lawyer, doctor. Education. Did they graduate from college? Did they graduate from high school? Do they have a doctorate? Do they have a master's? Did they not get any education? Family makeup. Only child? Siblings? Lots of siblings. Stepfather? Step-siblings. Single mom? Single dad? Foster care? Intellect? How smart are they? Do they have great common sense, but they're not that book smart? Or are they super smart and have zero common sense? Religion? Do they believe in God? Maybe they don't. Uh, Race and ethnicity, white, black, Mexican, Asian. If you're going to write a main character that is a different race than your own, I would just highly recommend that you do a little due diligence and incorporate their culture into the character. Don't make all your characters alike. I mean, that goes without saying, right? If you can throw cultural items into your screenplay that go hand-in-hand with your your characters, that always is a great thing to do. Political preference. Now, that's a minefield in today's world. You know, there's a saying that you don't ever discuss religion and politics because those are things that people uh, feel very strongly about. And in this day and age, today's world, politics, my God, we are so divided. And each side thinks the other side is stupid and uncaring. It's crazy. So I, I'm not sure I would even put any political preference in a movie in today's climate. Just because <laughs> you're going to alienate half the audience right away. You know, if your lead character is a liberal, then all the conservatives in the audience are going <laughs> to hate him. Oh, my God. And vice versa. So I don't know. Maybe when this book was written, you know, maybe 10, 12 years ago, when it wasn't so volatile, yeah, I would skip political preference for the time being if I were you. Unless if you're writing a movie about politics, then of course. But if you're just writing a, just a, a regular drama or a comedy and politics is not the cornerstone of the story, then <laughs> don't go there. Hobbies. What do your characters do for fun? They play instruments. What do they play? Are they artists? Do they like to create things? Are they creative? Sexual preference. Are they straight? Are they gay? Are they bi? It's your choice. You're God. You're the writer of this screenplay, so you might as as well call yourself God when you're sitting in front of your computer punching out what's going to be in your screenplay. So make them however you want to make them. Abuse. Were they abused or are they abusive? Now, you're going to be hard-pressed to write a hero that is abusive. But, of course, the bad guy can obviously be abusive. Abuse or lack of it. Maybe they, your character has never been abused. Addiction or lack of it. It could be drugs. It could be alcohol. It could be gambling. It could be sex. Just pick and choose what you want. Now let's get into their headspace, their psychological makeup. Worldview. How do they see the world? In a positive light or in a negative light? Disappointments. Disappointments in their lives. What are they disappointed about? Do they have regrets? How much does it bother them? Do they walk around with a chip on their shoulder? Temperament. Are they mild, cool, mellow, laid back? Nothing gets them riled? Or are they just like walking on the edge of a razor blade and the people around them are walking on eggshells? 
because they don't know when this guy is going to go off at any minute or girl. Once again, I apologize if I say guys all the time. It's just, it's not me being sexist. Complexes. Are they OCD? What are they paranoid about? Spiders, mice, Indiana Jones, snakes. (laughs) What freaks them out? What are they freaked out about in life? Abilities. What are they good at? What do they suck at? Can they dance? Maybe they can't dance. Can they sing? Can't sing worth a shit. So if you apply this stuff to a character that you are creating in your screenplay, man, that character is going to be so fleshed out. The decisions that they make, the way they talk to other people, the way they regard other people, it's all based on where they come from, who they are inside. And if you've ever had a child, you know this so well. Because you have seen your child grow up. And when you have a child, that child starts out with a blank slate. Things they learn, they learn from you. Mom and dad. They learn about conflict. How does mom and dad fight in front of the kids? Is it physical? Is it abusive? I guarantee the way you fight around your children, the way you react to situations, how you manifest your anger, your kid is going to develop the same way. I guarantee it. So these characters you're creating are your children. And you give them the abilities that you want to give them. You give them the mindset that you want to give them. You give them the backstory. You give them the backstory that makes them the people that they are in your script. Now, some of you may be thinking, oh, Dave, that's way too much. I'll I'll make my characters either smart or dumb. And that's all I care about. (laughs) Now, you may think this is overdoing it, but... Your characters are going to be so well thought out. Audience members are going to feel it and they're going to see it. And it's going to pay big dividends to you if your characters are well thought out, are well-rounded, and they're realistic. All right. I hope that helps you. I hope that at least makes you think about things. And of course, that big list I just gave you, you don't have to think about every single one. But if you can pepper your characters with a handful of what I just relayed to you. Now, obviously, you don't have to think about every single bullet point I just gave you. Just pick and choose. You're the creator. If you want to use them all, go for it. If you just want to use a handful, just use a handful. But try to make your characters as three-dimensional as possible. And your audience, your readers, and your audience will love you for it because it will give them an experience. They'll be able to see themselves up on the screen. And that's what you want. I love you. Let's wrap this bad boy up. Everybody have a good week and stay healthy. Peace and love to you all. Be a lion, not a sheep. See ya.